This is Larry Fessenden. And this is Glenn McQuaid. And you're listening to Tales from Beyond the Pale. The podcast. Greetings, audiophiles. I'm glad you've decided to join me on this little journey. I'd like you to take a deep breath now, a deep breath, and just relax and listen with me. You might even want to close your eyes, give yourself over, because wherever you think you are, maybe you think you're sitting in a posh theater in midtown Manhattan. Well, look again, listener, because you are no longer where you thought you were. You are now... Beyond the Pale. Welcome, listeners. Happy we're all together on this, the scariest time of year. And I'm not talking about election season. I mean the ramp up to All Hallows' Eve, which is just around the corner. I always like to prepare for the night when the youngsters come stampeding to the door of the Tales HQ by making healthful treats available for the little demons. It used to be fair game to slip a few razor blades into random apples, but of course now everything is much more PC, so we want to stay in step with the times. These chocolate-covered cockroaches are just the ticket, healthy protein and just enough naughty to satisfy their little sweet teeth. Shall we begin? Who Killed Johnny Bernard by Larry Fessenden It can all happen in the blink of an eye. That morning was like any other, except we were late. Even at 6 a.m., we were late. Come on, we're running late. Wait, you two. Coffee, John, wake you up. Thanks, gotta go. That little change to the timing of the day. How can you notice these things when you're just living it? But then again, even if you were paying attention, how would you know whether the moment's delay was going to save you or be your undoing. Oh, oh, wait, wait. What is it, Mag? I have to get you to take the uh, thingamajig to the post office. It's Sunday. I can do it tomorrow. Ugh, silly me. Goodbye, guys. Have a great game. Can I drive, Dad? You have your permit with you? We lived in a suburb of Boston. Nice tree-lined streets, backyards, good place to trick-or-treat. But when you get on Route 33, the main artery leading from one town to the next, always feels like there's a restlessness to the drivers just passing through. The road lined with necessary but unloved chain stores frequented by transient visitors before they scurry back to the shelter of their neighborhoods. Here, the regular intervals of intersections make the whole run of Route 33 feel like a gauntlet with traffic lights and streets crisscrossing the main drag. And funny to think, nestled adjacent, running parallel, were the ideal homes, the, the little palaces. You excited? You guys got your game on? Yeah. What? Doesn't sound like a yes! Coach has been tough on me. I've been riding the bench half the season. 
What's the point? Hey, hey, the team is what's important. Your coach, what's his name? Coach Corso? Yeah, so Coach Corso's agenda is to make you guys the best team possible. Might feel like sometimes he's being hard on you, but it's for the good of the team, right? No, <laughs> I get that, Dad. He's also a real dick. Oh, watch the language. What do you mean? You use dick all the time. Yes, but not about my coach. You don't have a coach. Listen, wise guy. Anyway, Christian's playing left wing now. And what? That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're telling me now, on our way to practice, that you're not left wing anymore? Dad, I have told you this. Are you not listening when I tell you things? I am truly listening and deeply horrified by everything I'm hearing. And during the game, I have every intention of going out into the field and kicking Christian in the shins. <laughs> <laughs> Route 33 runs north-south. So that early morning drive, anyone crossing through heading east is staring straight into the sun. Or they may be texting. Or maybe they're still drunk heading home at dawn. There are a lot of reasons a person could run a red light. And is Allison going to be at the game today? I don't know. I mean, I may not even play. Oh, come on. I hate to see it when you're down like this. What is it? The coach or is it Alice? It's nothing. I'm fine. We used to be able to talk about anything. When you're driving 40 miles per hour, you're traveling at 58 feet per second. Two cars meeting at that velocity can be severely jarring and physically violently sudden. A sideways hit is called a T-bone, one vehicle impacting another at a right angle. The internal organs get so jostled that you can walk away from the crash and expire hours later. I remember when I was very young, I wanted to travel the world I was an avid reader of adventure tales, and I related so deeply I could see myself in those stories, battling orcs and dragons, fighting for good in a world succumbing to evil. I believed life had a moral balance, that there were forces in the world you could bargain with, a good deed could make up for a misdeed, as if there were moral equilibrium in the world. I guess it's no different from the impulse to love superhero movies with their happy endings. It wasn't a religious impulse, but a deep desire for the world to make sense and be fair. Years later, I was in a port town in Connecticut, admiring the tall ships that were docked in the harbor, perfect replicas of majestic vessels that once sailed the seas, sleek-hulled, three-masted square riggers. One in particular captured my imagination. It's a fine ship, that one. You the captain? I am, sir. What's her length? 198 feet, spod length, 11-foot draft, beam 32, 11,000 square feet of sail. If you ever need a crew member, maybe you'll look me up. I wrote my number on this card. And uh, what are your qualifications, son? Uh, only that I've dreamed my whole life of going to sea, but I never thought it would be possible in this day and age. Until I saw that ship. Been stopping by after work to look at it. You sail before? You know knots? You know wind? I can tie a sheep shank and I know how to stay out of the way of a nor'easter. But I've only been on small boats. Now what about heights? You afraid of heights? 
Broke my arm jumping from a two-story roof when I was nine. Can't say I was afraid, just stupid. A stupid gets you killed on a clipper ship. I've learned a few things since that day. I'm still not afraid, but I'm less stupid. We sail for Portugal in three weeks. If you haven't come to your senses by then, I could use another man. You can talk to administration in the boathouse by the dock about the terms. Thank you, sir. Remember, dreams and bravado can only take you so far. Then there's reality to contend with. I sailed the seven seas for the next three years, like a character in one of my epic novels. But the ocean is no easy friend. She is ferocious and unforgiving. We lost Turner on a fluke. He was a good man, he was skilled, and he cared. I realized as I struggled with the calamity, I hadn't grown at all from the child who wanted a moral explanation for such a loss. I wanted to bargain with the powers that took his life and try to make a deal. Are you there? fact is, I benefited from Turner's misfortune, though it was nothing I would have asked for. John, this boat needs a new first mate. Are you game to take Turner's place? Yes, sir. Game. What is it? Uh, did we do enough to save him? Fate has plans of its own. We did what we could. We honor his memory by staying steady and strong. Every port offered new adventures. The food, the customs, exotic. The women, curious. I alone among the crew had the wherewithal to pack a suit. And so along with my rank, I was the designated ambassador of the ship, dining with kings. Or at least one king, the king of Norway. I learned a little Norwegian too over the years, so I might return the respect he bestowed on me. No, no, your highness. I'm just from Boston. 
but I have been to Madagascar. <laughs> John here is one of our finest sailors. A born leader. Stepped up when we lost a man overboard. A toast to Turner. To Turner! To those we've lost to the insatiable sea. I swam with whale sharks off the Ningaloo coast of Australia. I think you've made a friend, John. My God, what a ride! And dove with sea turtles in the Galapagos. I should leave you here, John. You're more at home among these creatures than back in civilization. I wish you would. Have I ever thanked you for your faith in me? For taking me on this journey? Your thanks is evident every day in your service to this boat and this crew. And to me, John. But there was one adventure I hadn't tried. And so, after three years at sea, I came home and rejoined the modern world. And that's when I met Maggie. Sweet Maggie. Tough Maggie. Your resume is a little thin, Mr. Bernard. You can call me John. I'm wondering why you think you're qualified to work here. Well, I saw the notice. Yes, but... Uh... I've been ready. I am ready. Ready for what? Well, to, you know, work in civilian life. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Were you in the military? It doesn't say. Not the military. I was at sea. Lost? Never. Oh. On a clipper ship. Oh. How amazing. Why do you want to work in a bank? Well, you work in a bank. That's true. And you're amazing. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Oh. John. My name is John. I don't mean to be rude. You forget your manners going from port to port. Do you have a, uh, I mean, are you, can I? No. Uh, no. And yes, I think so. So tonight? Dinner tonight? Uh, I, I, uh, sh sure. Yeah, I, I can do that. I'm glad. Um, and, uh, what about the job? Are you really applying for a job here? Oh, absolutely. I'm landlocked. I'm done with the sea. I need a job. In a bank? Well, that is where the money is. My son! Where's my son? Stay calm, sir. We need you to stay calm. Your vehicle has been impacted by an SUV. We're gonna get you out. In 1961, a hydraulic rescue tool was invented by George Hurst after he saw a driver trapped for over an hour in a stock car accident with a rescue team using saws and crude equipment. And Ten years later, Tim Smith and Mike Brick improved on the design so the tool could literally peel open the car in a fraction of the time. And they coined it the Jaws of Life. Uh, you're okay, buddy. You're all right. We got you. We got you. It's just a broken leg, but we got you. But my son, my son, is he okay? Let's get him out now. Okay, just look Let's move him back, please. Move him all back. 
Of course, Maggie wasn't as easy in the long run as she was at first. Dinner, a few drinks. We even fooled around early on, but she wasn't the type to jump in anything foolish, and I seemed like something foolish. Having been first mate on a square rigger in the late 90s didn't make a lot of sense unless I was Johnny Depp pulling down seven figures, so she took her time deciding. So, how's it going with Carter anyway? Carter? Oh, I don't know. It'll work out. You're so casual. It's a big commission. Yeah. If it works out. Well, if it works out, I would be on easy street for the foreseeable future. I'll say. You know, we could do it, John. That little bit of extra security. I'd take you up on your offer. So, my credibility, in fact, my whole legitimacy, in short, my future, depends on Mr. Carter. Correct. And whether or not he takes the deal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Cold. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't all come down to Mr. Carter, and I finagled my way into Maggie's life, and before long, we had a first mate join the crew. I don't care if you're tired. I need a break. How could you stand in a crow's nest for six hours at a time you can't handle holding a three-month-old? I can handle it. I want to handle it. Give me that little guy. Oogie-goochie-goochie. All right, fine. You do your oogie-googie in the other room so I can sleep for a second. All right, make way, please. Make way. Get him out. Get him out. Pull pull him in the back. Put him straight in the back. Just, okay. My kid. Where's my kid? It's okay, sir. It is okay. What, what side were we hit on? Driver's side, sir. Just stay calm. But he was driving! Okay, give him the oxygen. I learned some guitar when I got to shore, and I used it as a buffer for my life in the suburbs. Amazing how fast you can become a cliché. But it meant the world to me to jam in the garage with a couple of friends. (laughs) Yes, it is. Nothing like playing music with your kid, even if he eventually gets better than you. (laughs) Way to be, buddy. Working. Wow. Talent must have skipped a generation to keep you playing. Sounds great, sport. Now it's time for bed. You got a game tomorrow. They were rushing me down the hospital corridor like I had a real problem. But it felt to me like a broken leg shattered by some random series of events that landed an SUV in the driver's side of a 2001 Prius. A moment earlier, a moment later, a world of difference. But why wouldn't they tell me about my son? If I was this beat up sitting in a passenger's side, what had happened to him? It's all I wanted to know. It's all that mattered. Administer the anesthetic. 
felt like they were pushing me down, underwater. Like Turner being swept off the ship, the pressure crushing me like I was struggling for the surface and they wouldn't let me up. Scalpel, nurse. We're gonna make the incision Scalpel, on my mark. Yes. With a sponge, please. His breathing's normal. BP, check the BP. That's when I figured it out. It was up to me to find out about my boy. They weren't going to do it for me. Hello? Hello? I know you're down here. I want to talk to you. Hello? Show yourself! There isn't any time! So, there you are. Look who it is. I need to talk to you. We meet again. I want to make a deal. I'll give you whatever you want. I guess I know how this works. Well, you think it is as easy as that? You just march in here and ask. I'm not asking. I'm begging. Please make my boy okay, please. Ah, your boy. And what pray tell are you offering in return? Myself, of course. Oh, how noble. How heroic. And what if it's too late for you to buy No! It's never too late. <laughs> you have the power. And what if I'm just a figment of your adult dreams? What if I'm just a character in your storybook, imbued with the power of your insecurities and petty aspirations? I don't care if you're real or imagined. What if all the strength you derived from thinking of me was nothing but a mirage? And now when you need me most, I am nothing. Just a figment, a phantom, an idea glimpsed of a world propelled by good and evil, rhyme and reason. I need to know. Can you help me? Oh, look at you now. Flat on your back, flayed open like a fish. Not sure you have much to offer in exchange for your He's trying to pull out of it. All right, all right, you gotta hold, hold him down. On it. Hold, hold him down, please. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pull this together. Can I drive, Dad? You have your permit with you? Yeah. Okay, then. Keys! All right, all right. 
Always keep the eyes on the road. Dad, I got it. Check your mirrors. <laughs> oh my god. Now, we're going to take a left onto Route 33. You're going to want to cross three lanes, so you're going to want to be extra careful. Dad, you're being so nervous. You're going to make us crash. Don't say that. Okay, okay. Okay, you go now. What, are you crazy? Look at that car coming. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Good call. All right, well, I'm going now. Good. Good job. Eyes on the road. Wait, what? I, eyes on the road! It's pretty hard to believe you sailed all around the world, Dad. You're so nervous. I just don't think they built this road right. Proportions are all wrong, and... You know what I'm gonna do? What? I'm gonna take us all out west, and we're gonna go to someplace like those, those highways in Nevada, and just gun it down the road. We're gonna drive across country in the hybrid? You better believe it. You know why? Because we're not gonna let our family take the toll on the planet. We're going to be traveling carbon-free. <laughs> okay. I'll believe it when I see it, Dad. I went around the world twice. Three times under sail. Zero emissions, baby. You guys had engines. I cannot deal with the depth of cynicism of your generation. That's just the truth, Dad. The truth is just a sliver of reality. <laughs> okay, now you sound like Donald Trump. Whoa, that was a low blow. Don't make me think about that, man. Just saying. All right. Be a realist. Like your mother. And I will continue to flourish in the world filled with fantasy and hope. A world of possibilities. You want to take a ride on the fin of a whale shark? You can do it! Make it happen! Not really, Dad. Not everybody can. But, I mean, I understand you mean everyone can find their whale shark. Well, there you go. That's my boy. Careful! Watch that guy pulling out into our lane! I see him, I see him. You know, you don't have, just, just, just pull up here. Just what? Pull up here. What? Pull over. I want to drive. The rest of the way. We're falling behind. We're going to be late. I just... I just want us to get there. Dad. Come on, come on. Unbelievable. You ready? Whatever. Oh, stop pouting. Come on. So, you excited? You got your game on? Yep. What? It doesn't sound like a yes. Coach Corso has been tough on me. I mean, riding the bench half the season. What's the point? Hey, hey. The team is what's important. Your coach, what's his name? Coach Corso. Yeah, so Coach Corso, his agenda is to make you guys into the best team possible. Might feel sometimes like he's riding your heart, but it's for the good of the team, right? I get that, Dad, but he is also a real dick. Whoa, watch the language. What do you mean? <laughs> you use dick all the time. Yes, but not about my coach. You don't have a coach. Listen, wise guy. Anyway, Christian's playing left wing now. What? That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're telling me now on our way to practice that you're not left wing anymore? Dad, I have told you this. Are you not listening when I tell you things? 
I am truly listening and deeply horrified by everything I'm hearing. And during the game, I have every intention of going out into that field and kicking Christians in the shins. <laughs> and is Allison going to be at the game today? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I may not even play. Oh, come on. I hate to see you down. What is it? The coach or is it Allison? Nothing. No, I'm fine. We used to be able to talk about anything. It's a nice idea to think you can bargain with fate, or the devil, or nature, or a dark troll sitting under an overpass. But that's not how it really works. Doctor, what can you tell me? Uh, well, it was a, uh, a complex operation. Yes, it was eight hours. Did you fix him or what? A lot of internal damage. He was uh, heavily impacted. We're going to have to wait and, and see how he responds. Is he awake now? Can I go in there? Uh, he is heavily sedated. I don't care. I want to see him. There's something I need to tell him. I'm sorry, but we need to give him time. Time? Why would you say that to me? We can't give him time. He's run out of time. You've said as much. But there's still something he needs to know. Johnny? Oh, Johnny, look at you. Can you hear me, Johnny? You look like shit. Man, suburban living has really taken its toll after all these years. Johnny, I just want you to know little John is okay. He said you wouldn't let him drive. He was in the passenger side when you got hit. He's okay, not a scratch. He's okay. He's with Grandma. He doesn't remember a thing, but he's okay. He's okay, Johnny. Our boy is okay. He told me to tell you he loves you, and he'll kick Christian in the shins for you. I've been around the world in a clipper ship, but it only took a short drive in the suburbs to end my story. I don't know if you can make deals with demons in the underworld, but I do know when it mattered most, I got the deal I wanted. say there are many horrors we endure every day, and we must buffer ourselves from despair with tales that give shape to an arbitrary world. Plus, the occasional prank can brighten the dark recesses of the mind, like this little animal trap that closes on the child's hand when it's groping for candy. You have just listened to 
Who Killed Johnny Bernard, tonight featured the voice talents of James Legros, Noah Legros, John Spiridakis, Larry Fessenden, Lauren Ashley Carter, and Matthew Stephen Huffman. Sound design and score by Glenn McQuaid, live music by Jack Fessenden, live foley by Chris Gotchdepole and Tessa Price, tech and live mix by Lee Nussbaum, Tales from Beyond the Pale was produced by Larry Fessenden, Glenn McQuaid and Jan Wexler, copyright Glass Eye Picks 2016. Trapped in a coma, a man devises a plan to communicate with the outside world. Die sleeping, my sweet. Only on Tales from Beyond the Pale, the podcast.